you would, please turn with me. This is the last message on our series, our introductory series, which we've entitled Moving Forward, because it's not only the beginning of the year, we're in year three, and if someone could grab the back door for us and shut that, uh, that would be great. We're in the last year, or or the uh, uh, third year, of what I like to label chaos in some circles, where everything is going crazy, and where the world, deep and wide, and I've explained what I meant by that before, but I'll explain that once again, where the world, deep and wide, is, I'm firmly convinced, experiencing a shaking from God. Amen? We have prayed, and we have sought God for God to lift COVID, to lift the strife, the political strife, the social strife, for God to provide. And may I say, God has provided, I know in our church, I know in my life, and many of your lives, despite everything that's going on, God has provided wonderfully, but not everyone can say that. And I know people are all in fear because they see, they don't see their favorite ice cream. It's not in the shelf. What are they going to do? You know, uh, it's kind of silly. I'm sure Arthur could tell us some interesting stories about what life was like in Kenya, a little bit different than it is here. But we've been going through a deep and wide shaking, deep, because it has affected every institution that there is in the world. The government, the economy, the healthcare system, and the church. The church has gone through some shaking. And may I say, time to time, we need a shaking. And I'm saying this, I'm not looking at you or looking at our church or looking at the Assemblies of God or this church or that church. I'm saying this and looking at my own life Sometimes I need a good shaking in my life, amen? For some things that don't belong to fall off and for God to find a good foundation within me so that he can build me better than I was before and build on top of what God has already forged in my life. We need this as individuals and we need this as far as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. So getting back to my point, I believe this has been of God because we've prayed and things aren't getting any better. In fact, in some ways, things are getting worse. And one of the things that's going to get worse is, unfortunately, we're in another election year and we're about ready to be peppered with all kinds of political advertisements. And may I say, and this on... on, whatever side of the aisle that you're on politically, all kinds of propaganda. Uh, there's, there's truth in there, but you really got to search and find it uh, these days. And uh, so, but getting back to our point, despite this, the call of God has not ceased as far as our lives. The call of God being this, one that we know about God more each day. Amen? I'm sure to varying degrees, many of us know a lot about the Lord Jesus Christ, know a lot about the Word of God, 
and know a lot about the Spirit of God and how the Spirit of God moves. Amen? Amen. Now, I love the Word of God, and I will always preach the Word of God. And I think our knowledge of the Word of God needs to increase, but we cannot neglect the influence and the knowledge of the Holy Spirit and how He moves and how He acts in in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ today because on the day of Pentecost, He poured out His Spirit to dwell within the church. And so we need to understand His ways. Amen? But more importantly than having this understanding and wisdom as far as the things of God, the Word of God, the Spirit of God. We need to know God in a deeper way. And I know if you have accepted Jesus, you know Jesus. But there's more of Him to know. One of the things I found, one of the things I love about marriage is that I find out more about my wife as we grow old together. And unfortunately, she's finding out more about me, some of which may not be that good. (laughs) But you see what I'm saying? There is so much to God that if we were trying to conceive even the smallest amount of who Jesus is, the depth of his love, his might, his power, his glory... I would dare say our brains would explode. We couldn't handle it. God puts it this way in the book of Exodus, I believe. No man can see me and live. Because God is just so far beyond us. But we can and we should increase our our knowledge. When I talk about knowledge, our relationship with Jesus, that we know him in a deeper and a greater way. As far as service, and I don't know about you, but definitely year 2020 and and in some respects 2021, we were kind of in a holding pattern trying to figure out as far as the church. I hate to say this, but it's coming to mind who we are. You know, we... Sometimes you do things for so long as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ or as a church institutionally that you forget why you do it. Have you ever been there? You're just kind of going through the motions. Could be your prayer life, could be your study life, could be your, your church life, your service life. And then when this shaking came, and I gotta be careful because I got water under here. I'm talking about shaking, not baptism this morning, so. <laughs> when this shaking came, you know, What are we here for? And what are we doing? It was a wonderful time for introspection and and self-evaluation as far as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I am firmly convinced as an individual and as a man of God and as a leader in this church, it's time for the church to get beyond kind of the holding pattern that we've been in, the introspection and whatnot, and to move forward in Jesus' name. Because the call of God doesn't cease because there's stuff going on. In fact, as we read through church history, both in the Bible and also through uh, historians, we see that the life 
of individuals who know God and serve God has always been a life where they've had to overcome difficulty. And the three areas of difficulty that we've been talking about, number one, is persecution. And may I say this about persecution? I don't want to re-preach that because we already talked about that today. But one thing, there's been, I believe, in the last five or ten years, whether we've realized it or not, a seismic shift as it relates to the disposition of the world towards the church, at least in our culture. Now, I think as far as genuine believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, who truly serve God with all their heart, mind, and soul, many people who don't know Christ don't like them. And I'm not saying this as far as bad, you know, that's who we were before we accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. So I'm not puffing us up and saying that we're better, we're the same as any, anybody out in the world, whether they're a nice, uh, good, upstanding citizen or, or, or someone who is uh, just bound in the depths of sin. There's, there's no difference. But as far as in the world, the world may not have liked the church, but the world respected the church. We don't have that today. I don't think we've had that for a long time. People don't respect the church. People don't respect believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think some of that we, we, we've uh, put upon ourselves by acting hypocritically as far as it relates to who Jesus is and the call of Christ upon our lives. And I think not everyone, but there, there's some bad apples who are, are, are broadcasting, who, who live duplicitous lives. And have a duplicitous message where their lives don't measure up with their preaching and their, their message doesn't line up with the word of God. And, and the world sees through that. They're not dumb. But some of it is, is just, as we have gone from, uh, people call it either postmodern or post-Christian society, people no longer believe in God. Or if they believe in God, it's, it's not... Believing God on God's terms. This is, these are God's terms. You know? If, if, you, if you want to be part of any organization or anything, you have to agree with their terms. I don't, I don't go into a job interview and tell them that I want this amount of money, I, I want this to be my schedule, I want this to be my workload, and go on the line and tell them how I'm going to work for them. They dictate the terms to me. I can either accept it or, or reject it. But people, as far as the most important thing in their lives today, think, and you met a lot of them, I'm sure, in the, in the circle of your life, that I can dictate the terms of God, how I choose to live for him and how I choose to believe in him, whether I do it or not. And, and this is betrayed by or explained by when people, I just serve God the way I want. Well, there, there's a good scripture as far as a rebuttal to that. And I've got to be careful because I'm starting to lose my voice this morning. <clears throat> there's a good scripture that relates to that. And, and the scripture is this. I believe it's in Proverbs. There is a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. 
most important thing in your life is your eternal soul. This life is nothing. It's like, you know, sometimes I have a dream, and in a dream I'm, I think to myself, I can't be in my 50s, I must be in my 30s. <laughs> life goes by so fast. Pretty soon I'll be saying, I can't be in my 60s. <laughs> But life is but a vapor. And etern- but eternity lasts forever. Amen. And now is the time to get right with God. Don't wait. Don't put it off. And know God according to his terms. By grace through faith in Jesus. And no other way. Because all other ways are the ways of death. And having said that, and see what happens when I take a week off and just preach in my little office chair. <laughs> Getting back to our to the point, the life of the believer, whether it's persecution, suffering, or weakness, is a life of knowing God, knowing more about God, serving God, despite those three things that are coming against us or these three adversities that we're facing in our lives. Listen, listen to the words of the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 11, verses 24 through 29. Are they servants of Christ? I speak as if insane. I more so. In far more labors, in far more imprisonments, beaten times without number, often in danger of death. Five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I've spent in the deep. I've been on frequent journeys in dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers among false brethren. I've been in labor and hardship through many sleepless nights in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. Apart from such external things, there is the daily pressure on me of concern for all the churches. Who is weak without my being weak? Who is led into sin without my intense concern? Paul, in serving Jesus, it was not a cakewalk where he he got his agent and said, uh, call around to different cities and and set set up in their their different amphitheaters or coliseums or whatever, in their different venues, set up a speaking tour. We'll get some posters out and uh, make sure I'm at a five-star hotel and uh, it'll be great. And that, that wasn't the case at all. In fact, ministry in the net, not the spiritual. And the spiritual is wonderful, glorious, powerful, beyond human uh, conception. But in the natural, it was anything but glamorous. It, it, it was struggling. And I think of a lot of pastors and evangelists who are out in the world, you know, we, we have those we see on TV with, you know, the big churches or, or the big crusades and, and everything. But there are a lot of 
of other little guys, and I consider myself among them, who, who preach every week, uh, and not just in small, but very humble uh, situations and circumstances. Evangelists who sometimes they get to sleep in, the, you know, sleep in kind of a, I hate to use the term, flea bag motel. Or uh, I remember someone that, someone in the church, they put them up in their house and their house was, let's just say it was less than clean. <laughs> their, their, their prayer life when they walked into that house increased exponentially because they didn't want to catch anything. <laughs> a lot of struggle. And I don't care if you're on TV or not. If you're ministering, and, and I'm not talking about just pastors, evangelists, and missionaries. We're all ministers for the gospel. Amen? We're all shining the light of Jesus. But we all have issues that come up in our lives. There's sickness. There, there, there's the unexpected bill. There's the broken down car. There's, you know, on the way to church. Didn't happen to me today. The reason it didn't happen to me today, I drove alone. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, going to church. Me and my wife were talking about this the other day and, and how, how uh, she read some kind of post or meme on Facebook about secrets and kid, families, family secrets and kids in Sunday school. And I used to teach kids church and boy, I'd hear some good stories. And uh, one story, I'm... Pray for my mom and dad. They had a big fight on the way to church, and he was a deacon. <laughs> There's no judgment here. We, we all do that. But Issues with family. They weigh heavy upon our soul. Heartbreak. Loss. We all go through those things. And, and, and the Apostle Paul was not given a pass because, oh, I saw you were stoned, so... Take, take a year off. Do some golfing. Take it easy for a while. The call of God persisted. And Paul found it not within himself, but within the Holy Spirit that dwelt within, within him. The strength to persevere. And that calling is also upon you and me. And the Apostle Paul, although we should look up to him, is no greater than you or me. And you and I have the same responsibility to persevere and to move beyond persecution, suffering, or our own weaknesses, which is what we talked about last week. It doesn't cease. We need to continue to throw ourselves into our faith in Christ as we never have before. We talked about weakness last week online, and if you weren't uh, able to see it, you can uh, uh, look on YouTube. The message is in its entirety on there. Um, just look, type in Norwich Assembly of God. It's also on our church Facebook page. Uh, you, can, you can listen to the message. Just as, a, as far as a quick summation, our, um, as far as weakness... Unfortunately, one of the hard realities that we have in our lives as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ is that we don't serve God or live for God the way that we would like to often. Maybe you're not like me, but a lot of times I find that I could have done better. 
And there are times that I have failed and wish that I had not. Um, we talked about how we need to come to terms with the fact that we are weak individuals in the flesh. When I'm living and walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But if I choose to try to just, oh, you know, I'm doing pretty good and, and I don't depend upon God as much as I should, that's when I find myself running into problems. We need to be careful of not having a, a, a false confidence, false self-confidence where I think, you know, we, we get to the point where we think as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, I'm finally there. You know, I finally mastered sin. I finally mastered being like Jesus. And I finally mastered, and this I find as a pastor, I finally mastered, you know, preaching and understanding be very, very careful if, if that's your attitude, lest you fall. Because when you say you finally, you, you didn't. Let me put this towards me. I haven't accomplished anything for the kingdom of God as far as me, myself. In fact, if I've done anything in, in the flesh, you know, just did, did something, but, you know, really didn't depend, seek God Depend on God, depend upon his anointing. Search out his heart and soul for wisdom and insight. Even though people might have liked what I've done, it really had no eternal weight and value other than, you know, a scripture, scripture in and of itself. You can, you know, an unbeliever can read a scripture and it can minister because it's scripture. But you know what I'm saying this morning. Can't do anything by ourselves. But sometimes we think, you know, after we've, we've lived hard and long for the Lord Jesus Christ and we've studied and, and we've been doing good for a while that I don't need to, lend, to depend on or lean on the Lord Jesus Christ like I once did. Don't kid yourself. As I mentioned last week, just like a sinner, no matter how deep that they are in sin, is just one step away from receiving complete forgiveness and a brand new life in Jesus the believer is just one step in, away from failure. We're, we are literally people who live on the line. Which is why we need to depend upon Jesus. And we talked about how, uh, why we're weak. It's just part of the human condition of, of having our, the old nature, which is still within us, although God has put uh, a new man or woman within us who is much more powerful as we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Our old nature is corruptible and lacks stamina. And the reason is because it's godliness and goodness is not part of that human nature. Which leads us to the point, well then, how then shall we live in order to persevere? Because all of these things that are going on, the, the threat of persecution, and, and really we, have, we still have great freedoms here as far as serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Jim, you never worried about going downtown to share Jesus, have you? Sure about that? No, yeah, no. You never worried about it. The trial and difficulty, which seems to be increasing, and, and, and one of the things, and, and, and let... Forgive me for getting off the subject, but I think it's important to mention this this morning. One of the things that the church 
is struggling with that it should not struggle with because it is a bad witness is fear of what might happen. We're, and a lot of that comes from news entertainment. I'm not talking about news where they just tell you what's going on. I'm telling you about these talking heads that are on there and, and a lot of what they're doing is just for ratings and so they, they kind of uh, sensationalize everything. And we all know that to be true. One of the things that they do to, to gin up kind of uh, interest in what they're doing and, and, and viewership is to just paint gloom and doom and, as well as division and other things and hatred and whatnot regarding the future. And we can get caught up in that. I can't tell you the number of believers in the Lord Jesus Christ who have told me, I, I just can't listen to the news anymore. And the re- it's not that you know, we shouldn't be ignorant of what's going on, but I think people are tired of the propaganda that's coming out of media as well as politics. But uh, I'll get off that hobby horse and, 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 and move forward today. But uh, as far as um, how shall we live, it's important uh, for us to do this. Now, God does everything, and we need to depend upon the Holy Spirit uh, with, with everything that we have. But what can we do? We're not saved by works and we don't live by works. We live by faith. But what is necessary within us in order to be people who are known by both the church, the world, the Lord Jesus Christ, even Satan, that we are overcomers and despite what the wor- what's going on in the world, we are going to move forward in Jesus without reservation. And the answer to that is our attitude or our mindset. We cannot do it ourselves, but your attitude and your mindset has everything to do with whether or not you will be someone who overcomes persecution, uh, a trial, or your own human weakness. Because does not your mindset or your attitude have everything to do with whether or not you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? No one here was saved by their works, because you can't be saved by works. But your mind had to agree with Jesus and that you were a sinner. I am a sinner. I need Jesus. And so I humble, I put on the same attitude that Jesus had, the attitude of humility. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, who took upon him the form of a servant. And that same or, or similar like-minded attitude needs to be upon us if we're going to move beyond all the junk that's going on, and move forward in Jesus. Let's read our text. That was the intro. Let's read our text this morning. And we'll go through the points very quickly because we're almost at 11 o'clock. Not that you'll turn into uh, pumpkins, but... uh... 
Good grief, Charlie Brown. What's the great pumpkin? Okay. Uh, Philippians 3.12. Not that I've already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of of that which also was laid hold by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ. Let us, therefore, as many as are perfect, have this attitude, this mindset, And if in anything you have a different attitude, God will reveal that also to you. However, let us keep living that same standard to which we have attained. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word today. Thank you for this time that we have together as we look to your word. Lord, allow it to speak to our hearts and transform our thinking so that the attitude that was in the Apostle Paul, but more importantly, the attitude that you yourself demonstrated and coming to this earth to die for our sins, we would live out in our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So it's important, your notes, uh, if you have notes, says we live in humble confidence. Actually, I changed that late last night. We adopt a right attitude or a spiritual attitude as far as our existence, as far as the way that we live. And this attitude is marked by four, four things, five things, which we'll go through quickly. The first being this, we need to be people who strive for perfection. Now, the majority of Americans are not over in China competing in the Olympics. And the reason why we don't have tens of thousands of people over there. Uh, Number one, you know, there are limits. But number two, there are very few people who reach that standard of excellence in their sport. And again, I'm not getting into the politics of whether, you know, America should be there or not. But just, just Olympics or professional sports or any profession. If you want to be, be someone who, who makes an impact beyond just kind of the run of the mill uh, you know, tennis player plays every weekend and whatnot. You've got to be a person who strives for the best. And, and Paul, specifically regarding athletics, compares living the Christian life to not just being an athlete who keeps himself in shape, you know, gets on the bike or jogs or whatnot, but for someone who enters a race with one goal and one goal alone, that is to win. And so I'm going to do every, I'm going to beat my body into submission. I'm going to do everything to get myself in mental, mental, physical, emotional uh, shape in order to not only be successful, to be number one. Now, we're not competing against each other, amen? We can all be winners in Christ, but we are to have that same attitude in desiring to be perfect. When we talk about perfection, of course, we're talking about being perfect as far as uh, the holiness of God, being like God as far as our character. In every area, to, to uh, and this is the expectation of, of the Lord Jesus Christ, that 
We'd be full of wisdom, understanding, love, sacrifice, service, faith, unity. There are a lot of different scriptures that have this word perfection or perfection associated with it. And, and then all of these things, which I believe exist in, in, a, in the kernel of the new life, that God has birthed within you. God expects that they mature and come to completion. That's what the word perfect is all about, to come to a place of completion. And so we as believers in the Lord Lord Jesus Christ, we need to strive for excellence. Jesus puts it this way in Luke's Gospel 13, 24, Strive to enter through the narrow door, for many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. And we think of that word strive, we think working very, very hard at it, not being passive regarding our faith. You know, these, things are, these things are so important. Maybe I'll, I'll preach the rest of these next week because I don't want to run through them quickly and we don't savor what the Word of God is, is saying to us. We need to work very, very hard at knowing Jesus. Wait a minute, brother. Let's just take these points. This will be the last point this morning. I promise. <laughs> now, now it has to be because I promise. <laughs> Pastor Randy, aren't we saved by faith and not by works? And we absolutely are saved by faith and not by works. There's nothing we can do to earn our salvation. There's nothing we can do to earn spiritual gifts, calling. We can't earn, you know, if I pray 10 hours every day for one week, I will become a person of superb patience. Wouldn't wouldn't that be great if all that was... it, It doesn't work that way. Merit is not something that is in God's vocabulary or dictionary as it relates to our relationship with Him because our relationship is by grace through faith. But having said that, if we're going to people be people who know about God, know God, the way God wants us to know Him, in an increasing fashion, more and more each day, loving Him more, appreciating Him more, having a greater understanding of who He is, having a more vibrant, alive relationship with Jesus, where Jesus seems more real to us than our brother, our sister, our spouses, our children, our parents, whatever physical relationship we have here on earth. To achieve that, it's not, you know, it's not done by merit. But you have to live as Christ lived. And how did Christ live? By picking up his cross, denying himself, and following, uh, following his heavenly Father. And is that not the calling upon you and me today as we live and serve the Lord Jesus Christ? If any man come after me, let him pick up his cross deny himself, and follow me. And what does that mean? We just throw ourselves, heart, mind, and soul into it. 
into knowing Jesus, into knowing more about Jesus, into knowing what God's will is for our lives, into accomplishing that will in our lives, despite whatever's going on. God doesn't care. God didn't care about Gideon, that there were an innumerable number, an innumerable number of Midianites that surrounded the, 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 the uh, that were in the land of Israel and surrounded the armies of Israel. He didn't care. I called you to be a deliverer. God didn't care that Moses didn't have the ability to be a great orator or a great leader. He lacked self-confidence. He offered up those excuses before God. God didn't care. I don't care about that. Just do it. To accomplish this, we need to be people who work very, very hard at it or just throw ourselves into knowing God, knowing more about God, serving God, just like Jesus threw himself to the cross, amen, and went with reckless abandon to die for our sins. And so in order to do that, we cannot be passive about our faith. Christian malaise, I think, is one of the worst things that afflicts the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. What I mean by that? Well, we know God and we serve God, but we just kind of go through the motions of it all. You know, I, I read, I read, some, some people don't even read much of their Bible, or some people don't even read their Bible on a regular basis, if not a daily basis. And for some people, I've got one in my uh, office, I don't think they're too popular now, but the, the little promise books and a little promise boxes where it's a little card, piece of cardboard and has a scripture on one side and a little happy thought on the other. That, that's, like a, that's like a spiritual mint. <laughs> you know, it, it tastes good in your mouth, but you know, you, you're not going to get far through the day on uh, a mint, especially mints I eat because they're all sugar-free. <laughs> Must be aggressive as far as knowing Jesus. A good example of this is the man Jacob, who when he met God, the place that he renamed Peniel, the face of God. He would not let God go until God blessed him. Is that your heart? Do you have a tenacity to know Jesus this morning? And as far as not being passive, it's not just saying, I'm going to throw myself passionately into knowing Jesus. Secondly, I'm going to fight or deny the urge to hide, to give up, to just, you know, wait. I'm just going to wait till all this stuff blows over and then I'll serve God, kind of the procrastinating Christian. Let me tell you, tomorrow if it's not COVID, it's going to be some other excuse where next month, next week, next year, then, you know, when things, when things get back to normal, there is no normal and there never has been. And there never will be until Jesus Christ returns. And then it will be super normal, above normal. But until that time, the call of God upon us 
is to throw ourselves completely into the service of the king. We'll pick up on this point next week or the week after. We might might see if uh, Joe's available to preach next week. Um, But I, I think this is a good point to stop at. And the reason I say that is this. We have these two years and however many years that are left in this shaking that is going through will have all been for nothing if it doesn't change us. If I don't change, if I don't throw myself more into knowing Christ and serving God, then all this that has been happening, which is God trying to get our attention, God trying to shake from us the things that don't matter or the weight, the sin that so easily besets us, God building upon the foundation that stands, amen? And these past two years, the good, I'm not saying it was good, but the good that God desired to to accomplish won't happen. I don't want that to be the case. I want it to happen in my life. I want it to happen in the church, our church, the church. And I hope you do as well. Would you stand with me and let's sing.